and thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Community Connections podcast. I am your host, Cole Warner, and co-hosting with me today is Chelsea Sears. Thank you for joining us again today. And, you know, we've done a lot of hospice-specific topics recently in a row here on the podcast, so we're really excited to get maybe back to what we were doing earlier in the year, featuring some great community organizations here in Davidson County. Joining me today is an amazing guest, Beth Rummage. She is the Executive Director of the Life Center of Davidson County. Welcome to the podcast, Beth. Thank you for having us. Just to give you a little bit of background, we're going to talk about some of the services they offer, both core services and some some new things that that they have coming down the pipe. Beth has been the executive director for 12 years, and and she's a Davidson County, I guess you could say native. Um, And so we always like to feature them on our podcast because um, you all do some amazing work in the community. And this organization is no different. So we're going to talk about their services and we're also going to talk about how we can be supportive of them. You know, our, our, uh, Chief Executive Officer Laura Owen always talks about when she's on about how our quality of life is affected by all these types of organizations and services that we have in place in our community. And this um, helps with that as well. So Beth, if if we can just sort of have you get started by telling us what your organization does and and, um, what all you offer to the community. Sure. Well, the Life Center of Davidson County is an adult daycare and day health combination center. We serve older and impaired adults, 18 years of age and older, um, and their family members. We offer support, respite, relief, and counsel to all of these individuals. And we were talking about some of the services and, and we'll try to sort of parse them out because there's some new ones that we're going to hop into first before we get into uh, more of the core services. But you were talking recently about some funding that you've received and just kind of talk to us about that. Well, we're really excited to be the recipients of the Family Caregiver Support Program ARPA funds, which is the American Rescue Plan Act funds. We applied for some direct service dollars for caregivers um, providing informal care to family, friends, neighbors, and loved ones here in Davidson County. So the first program underneath that is a $200 food voucher to Conrad and Hinkle. Um, The next is they can also receive an iPad. And we can also pay for their internet service. So to qualify for that program, they would need to be an informal caregiver providing care to someone 60 years of age and older living in Davidson County that needs assistance with two or more of their activities of daily living, such as bathing, eating, dressing, walking, or unfortunately be living with some form of dementia or Alzheimer's disease. The standard also allows for that caregiver to someone to serve someone under the age of 60 living with dementia and or Alzheimer's disease. Okay, Beth, so how do our Davidson County residents get in contact with this specific new funding that you have? They may call the Life Center at 336-249-2155. Or they may email us at info at lifecenterdavidson.com. And really, they can follow us on social media. 
um, on our Facebook and Instagram account for the Life Center of Davidson County, we post daily updates of new funding and different programs. And then uh, it also gives individuals an opportunity to see inside of our building. So I'm curious, as we're talking about some of the new programs before we jump into some of the others, we know that community organizations work through funding and and there's lots of, of people involved to make this work. Can you talk a little bit about the team that's in place um, that that serves uh, our, our seniors on, on a daily basis? Sure. Um, we have a leadership team that consists of a full-time registered nurse. We also have two PRN registered nurses here at the Life Center. We have a program manager, um, Sarah Sadler, who um, has served with us for about two years now in that role. That was a new position that we created to help out with uh, the influx of calls during the pandemic when individuals were bringing their loved ones home from facilities because of the no visitor policy, we received a huge spike in um, our referrals uh, for our services here at the Life Center for their loved ones to be in their home. We also have uh, Brooke Eber is our program coordinator. And then we're very fortunate to have Leslie Craver, who is our family caregiver support specialist. She just started in this role in September. She retired after serving 30 years as a social worker with the Department of uh, Social Services. So she knows the services um, here in Davidson County. And we're very fortunate to have such a qualified team of individuals that come together that offer these services to Davidson County. I'm so glad you brought up the position that that came from the referral increase during the pandemic. Talk about how your organization went through that. I, it feels I know that some of us want to be beyond it, and but but seniors were some of our hardest hit population with COVID, especially. Can you just give us an insight on on how your organization dealt with that? Sure. Well, when the pandemic first hit in March of 2020, most, if not all, of adult daycare and day health centers were closed in North Carolina. What we did here at the Life Center is we closed our door for seven weeks. However, our services that were our ancillary services did not stop. We, during that seven-week period, I wrote policies and procedures on how to bring individuals back into the building safely and how we could continue to meet their needs. Our staff, while I was doing that, our wonderful team here spent extensive time delivering supplies, personal protective equipment. We received a grant from our United Way of Davidson County and some other funders supported us. We took Lysol, Clorox wipes, dog food. We helped individuals that needed to move a washing machine out of their house and get a new washing machine in. So we really reached beyond what our our core mission is, and we were able to take some of our services to the homes. Um, Our nurse was available during that time for questions and or advice on changes in medications and things like that um, that took place. After that seven-week period, we were actually one of the first daycare centers in the state to open, and we did so on a a fairly normal basis. Um, We did a lot of screenings in the beginning, um, O2 um, saturation levels, as well as temperature checks, and then we found out as the year went on, we didn't even need to do that. So we opened up during that time. 
And what we saw is, is that the majority of our clients felt very comfortable coming back to our services. We had less than 10% that were afraid to come back into a group environment. And for those clients, we did daily telephone calls to them to make sure that their needs were being met. If they needed us to make a referral for Meals on Wheels, we could do that. So they could have services in their home while they weren't attending the Life Center. If their um, disease and chronic conditions you know, progressed, then we could reach out to even hospice during that time. So we really worked with and collaborated with our community-based partners to provide that person-centered care to make sure that that loved one was able to stay in their, in their own home. As we moved throughout the year, we really found that our caregivers were very fearful of placing their loved ones in long-term care settings. We also received an influx of calls from individuals that were moving their loved ones from a long-term care facility back into to the community, either with a caregiver that was paid in their home or with a family member. And that really stemmed from some of the, the uh, policies that were put in place for no visitors during that time. And if individuals were sick, they couldn't get to, to their family members. So we really saw a huge increase in our services. As a matter of fact, we just ended our largest fiscal year ever. Uh, June 30th, we served the most clients we ever have. And it is during the middle of COVID because so many more folks were needing home and community-based services. That's incredible. That that really shows how necessary it is to have something like your program in our in our county. When you were talking about the calls to make sure that everyone was still doing okay, the ones that were still afraid, it made me think about one of your programs, one of your core programs that you have, I believe, the monthly health checks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to maybe talk about that a little bit, how how that has been really beneficial for your um, clientele. Sure. Here at the Life Center. As an individual becomes a participant here, whether they attend one day a week or five days a week, we do monthly health care checks and some we have to do daily. It depends on their physician's orders um, that we operate under, under their primary care physician's orders. But with that, we are doing... Um, Everything from blood pressure checks to O2 saturation checks to weight checks. Um, We do have a clinical laboratory license here, so we can do blood finger stick checks for their glucose levels. And we send those results home to their family members. If there's anything that is out of the norm, then we're in contact immediately with the family and also their primary care physician that we partner with to provide their care. And That is one of the things that we here at the Life Center are very proud of. With our um, outcomes, we have really found that one of the three goals that we have has really been met and that we really do prevent unnecessary hospitalization and emergency room visits because we're monitoring their chronic diseases on a daily basis um, when they're at the center here. I I think... And that leads into another sort of portion of this, which is not only do you service, you know, the the client that's coming in, right, but their families are involved, you're providing them with great information and things like that. What are some of the other benefits that clients and their families see by participating? I, I saw a huge list of programming on the daily basis, mm-hmm. which helps with those that social isolation, mm-hmm. movement, all of those health related things. What are some of those benefits? 
I think the first thing that I would like to highlight is the social isolation. Our clients come to us and we develop for every single participant an individualized plan of care that is revised as needed if they have a hospitalization or if we see a change of care, but at a minimum every six months. The family member participates in this plan of care as well as the primary care physician and then our leadership team and our nursing staff. With that, we offer activities throughout the day that target our folks socially, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And with that, we have found great success from individuals not sitting at home in a recliner in front of a television all day. They come together in a group environment. Every day they do some form of exercise. We do varied levels of of our activities. So let me walk you through two examples. The first is with our exercise. We have some folks that even though they're living with some chronic disease or diseases that are able to get into our fitness room and get on the, the, the bike and walk on the treadmill and, and work with the elliptical machine and then do the hand weights. Then they also participate in a group chair exercise that we can modify for our individuals, depending on what chronic disease they're living with. So we can bring in um, the stationary bike pedals and we can have our certified nursing assistants work with our individuals on the the bike at their seat because they're not able to safely get on the bike in the exercise room. Then we have some individuals who can't even do that. So our folks, our uh, certified nursing assistants, Uh, perform range of motion with them. So they physically move their leg up and down to whatever height level that is acceptable for them. And then we have others that are really wheelchair bound and we have to perform extensive range of motion with them uh, based on their limit and what their primary care physician says is safe for them. Another activity uh, modification that I'll walk you through is our crafts that we do here at the Life Center. And that is a big thing for us um, here at the Life Center. So say we're making a Christmas ornament. So we may have some individuals that are able to make the ornament from beginning to end. We may have some that need assistance with putting together that ornament, but yet they're able to decorate it themselves. And then we have others that can't do any of that. So during that time, they're in a group environment and they're being engaged with whatever is appropriate for their level of care. So for example, an individual who may not be able to participate at all in crafts, we may be listening to music with them on an iPad and helping them to engage with music and helping that calm, soothing music helps them with lower their anxiety levels here at the Life Center. So that just kind of gives you an example of how we modify everything that we do from food to medications, to our social activities here at the Life Center. It's very individualized. Yeah. And that what that makes me, I guess, understand from this program is that it's something for everyone, which is what, you know, as far as being on this podcast, you know, we want to tell the community that you may not think your loved one or your family member can participate, but it from this individualized plan of care that there is something for everybody. And so when you get new clientele to sign up, Is that something that maybe you hear often is, oh, I didn't know this was available on such a personal level? Is it somewhat of a surprise to people that come along um, into your program? 
It is. We hear, oh, we didn't know you were here. Um, And one of our other goals is to keep our caregivers employed. We are finding that dementia and Alzheimer's disease is coming at a younger age and the, the caregiver needs to remain employed. And yet their spouse or their parent or their grandparent that they're taking care of is needing full-time care during the day. So our goal is to keep that caregiver employed. And with that, we hear time and time again, well, we didn't know your service was, was here until we needed it. And so, you know, as much advertising and marketing that we do, I think that's something that we've come to, to, to learn is that our partnerships and our collaborations with all of our uh, other United Way partner agencies, as well as uh, our government agencies here in Davidson County are very good about making sure that when the time is right, that they're getting the Life Center out to them. And this is sort of the the second time you mentioned working with community partners and how that has, and, and you kind of even talked about how that came out of the pandemic. And we have noticed something similar at hospice that our our community partnerships have, have almost strengthened in some ways and and we're really able to get meet people's needs where they're at and that's all you've talked about today is meeting people where they're at and, and finding ways to engage them in your field of expertise so i really appreciate you discussing the ways that you make your programming fit with an individualized care plan Sort of as, a, as as we're getting near to the end of this episode, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, to just discuss anything you you wanted to talk about with programming or with how people can be helpful to your organization, whether it's monetarily uh, volunteering. You have a great team, it sounds like, that takes care of uh, uh, of all your clients there. But I'll just give you the floor here to sort of discuss your organization in, in the way that, that you would want it talked about. Sure. Well, here at the Life Center, we are so very grateful for the community support that we receive day in and day out. We have not officially opened our doors back up for full volunteers to come in um, until the pandemic actually reaches the end. um, And we're out of that. Our comfort level for letting individuals come in and be around our vulnerable population of older and disabled adults living with multiple chronic diseases We're just not comfortable with that. However, we do still need volunteers to help us with our gardening outside. Our participants love to go outside and work in our garden area. We also can use um, volunteers here at the Life Center when we have a a mailing. We're a smaller nonprofit, and to put together a mailing of 1,500 labels, it's very nice to have help uh, fold those letters and stuff them and get them ready uh, to go out uh, to the community. As far as donations, we are set up to accept donations. We are a a 501c3 nonprofit. And of course, uh, we accept donations throughout the year. I would like to highlight just two of our upcoming events. The first is our Candlelight and Carols. That is a program that our participants put on every year. They do a reenactment of the full nativity. um, And that is a way for them to give back to the community, and then individuals can send in a gift in honor or a memory of someone during our candlelight and carols uh, time uh, during the month of uh, December and then half of the month of November. The next is we have a roast and toast, and we're very excited about this is the first time we're bringing this back since the pandemic. 
we have someone from the community every year that we roast, but then we end up toasting them and it's a lot of fun and it raises enough funds for us to typically take three to five individuals off of our waiting list and provide them with day services. And this year, we're pleased to announce that our former mayor of Lexington, Newell Clark, is going to be our recipient of the Roast and Toast. So we're excited about that. And we hope that individuals can support that event as well through sponsorships or either buying a ticket to come and and hear that event. And we'll put, you mentioned the phone number and the uh, email earlier, and we will put all this in the episode description. um, And and of course, in our social media posts, and we'll also put the link to y'all's website so you can find out more information about about the programs and how to donate and how to support. Beth, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. I think Thank you. if we can leave one thing from, from this, a couple of things that I've heard you today is, is meeting people where they're at and working together as a community. And that that's how this podcast started. That's how many organizations, uh, you talked about United Way, um, who, who we're a partner with as well. All of us working together to meet the needs of our community. It really is a a special thing about how much community support we have in Davidson County. So thank you for being a part of that, Beth. And thank you for being willing to come on our podcast today and and, and share about your organization. Well, thank you guys so much for having us. And I do appreciate our partnership with hospice as well. Uh, If you have something you want featured, uh, you can email us at podcast at hospiceofdavidson.org. Otherwise, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. 